Welcome to the Liberty Podcast with your host, Pastor Robert Maxey, Senior Pastor of Liberty Church of Baton Rouge. It's our prayer that this podcast will be life-changing for you and that you will share it with someone else. Now, here is Pastor Rob. Can you hear me? I, I can. Sorry, slow on the unmute button. I'm doing well. <laughs> Thank you. Nice to meet you, Pastor. Nice to meet you, too. I've heard a lot of great things about you. Well, I'll try and live up to that. Thank you. I know, right? It's, it's, I don't put the pressure on you now. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the Liberty BR podcast. Uh, we are a podcast that t- tries to touch many different areas in, uh, in our community and, uh, of course, in our, in our faith. Um, so we open the door for many people to come in and, and talk about their programs, talk about uh, ministry, talk about ways that we help the community. So I'm really intrigued about the All of Us Research Program because uh, I'm, a, I'm a veteran. Mm-hmm. And as a veteran, there's a, a program that they send us, like they send, they send us a, like a, a survey after every doctor visit, right? Right. And they've been actually pushing for like a research program for the military, to tr- something like the All of Us program. Now, I have not done it. And the reason why I have not done it is because I was always scared of Big Brother getting all my information. <laughs> so I want to definitely talk about a lot of that today and why people should be a part of the program. So and maybe I can make you feel better about some of that. And I do want to thank you for your service. My father was career Air Force. And so um, the military is near and dear to my heart, besides all that it does for us to protect our freedom. So thank you very much for that sacrifice you made. Thank you, Doc. And thank you for what you're doing in the community as well. So I hope I can allay your fears. And, and please know that interrupt me, ask questions, whatever yes, you do. It's more important to me to get the message across. But the All of Us uh, campaign is an attempt to get our individual information put into research. Now, okay. let me go to your first question, which was about Big Brother. Mm-hmm. So they're always all of us have had that fear. And I think we, we, we want to hold everything close, you know, yes. keep my information close, keep my body close. This information is used to better our lives. It's, it's to be used to um, take better care of us. And I'll get into that in a second. Mm-hmm. Make better informed, more precise decisions about our right. individual health care. What makes us different? What makes you different from me? What makes me different from my neighbor? Um, and even what makes you different from your parents? Is it is it where you live? Is it the water you drink? Is it uh, the military service? What makes you different? And so right. this all of us wants to look at at least a million people. It wants them to be very different in gender, in race, in ethnicity, in sexual orientation, in living arrangements. So all of those differences to be used to to see what it is that makes us healthy mm-hmm. what is it that makes us sick what is it about those differences it's it's real easy to know what takes care of the sameness in us right but what's going to be more precise and help us take care of ourselves in what makes us different mm-hmm. how can we avoid Ideally, in my mind as a physician, how can we avoid trial and error? How can, how can I know that the first medication I give someone to treat a chronic condition like diabetes or high blood pressure, mm-hmm. 
I would love to know that the first one right out of the gate, the first dose I pick is precisely right for that person's circumstances. Right. But we aren't there. We don't have that science at the moment. And this All of Us campaign is designed to gather that information, to follow a million people for 10 years, which wow. is amazing. And that should give a lot of really useful information. So it, you said uh, we'll be following following the individual for 10 years. Um, is that person's name going to be attached to the information or is this just like a uh, anonymous type of, of? It's very anonymous. And, you know, I meant to put that comment in earlier. Not only is this, it's not going to be big brother, but insurance companies. I work for an insurance company insurance companies can't get this information. They can okay. never, you know, as the expression goes, this can never be held against you. Okay. Uh, this is only to benefit science. And let me kind of bring up why it's important in terms of science to have everyone represented. The way our scientific studies have evolved, and I'm gonna use myself a little bit for an example. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of men sitting around. You think about it, there weren't a lot of women in scientific fields many, many years ago. It was a lot of men. And so when they wanted to test something, like my best example is the EKG machine, the heart tracing machine. Right. They invented that. They tested it on men. And now we know today that it doesn't give quite the same readings on a female body. Yeah. Because, you know, different anatomy. I'm shaped a little different. And so the, the electrical impulses are picked up differently. So right there, if I'm a doctor reading an EKG on a male versus a female patient, I've got to be mindful of that. So, so, so the push was to get more women into research, but we need to recognize that we need everybody represented. We need different... Right. Yeah, different, different sexual orientations, gen, different gender identities, different races, different Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that. Um, how, especially in the African-American community, there is a, a lot of diabetes and a lot of heart conditions and things like that. How would that help us? So that's the part near and dear to my heart. As an internist, I treat those diseases. I treat the chronic illnesses of diabetes, hypertension, heart disease. And we've, we've heard throughout medical school, throughout training, that there might be more diabetes in um, the African-American population, that hypertensive, hypertensive um, disease is more yeah. evident in African-American men, more so than white men, more so than African-American women, right. more so than white women. And so that's the hierarchy uh, that it goes down. And so this type of study, would help us look at that to better understand, is that because of where you live? Is that because of what you eat? Right. Is that because of some other practice? Is that because of genetics? We honestly, we honestly can't say that with all certainty today. We only know that that fact is true. We don't know what's behind it. We don't know the why is that true. Right. And so if we knew that, can you imagine that we could make an intervention sooner rather than later. And you'd never need to treat those illnesses. I mean, I'd love right. for you to be out of a job. I would love to specialize in wellness and not specialize in taking care of chronic disease. Right. And so are you looking for children as well? 
No, they need to be 18 and up right okay. now. It needs to be adults. But with that information, we could derive, and, and let's just, again, let's guess of what we might find out. What if we find out that everybody of any race or any gender that lives in a certain area or drinks a certain water supply, right, what if right. we find out they're prone to something? Well, then we would intervene with that right away and change everything for future generations, perhaps even change things for that current generation that's living in those areas. So right. to me, this is exciting. And I guess that's a, that's a huge thing because uh, we have a lot of people that live in food deserts. Uh, right. So they're buying foods from, from, maybe convenience stores and, and they're not getting enough fresh fruit and things like that. So you would be able to highlight those types of things. We absolutely could highlight those things. And, and with that information, it's that expression with knowledge is power. Yeah. If we knew exactly what the problems are, we can then formulate solutions. Uh, so I, I think that the food deserts, one example, absolutely. And that one we've, kind of worked at in a, you know, in a similar way to where we would gather this information. But this is a larger across the nation study that fortunately Baton Rouge has been asked to be one of the early cities involved, which is an right. honor in a way. Yeah. Wow. So how is this going to help us during the pandemic? So the pandemic itself you know, this one's already ongoing right now, but this right. type of information, we would look at it even in terms of immunity. If, if let's say the study was already going, maybe we were already five years into it. We already would see some patterns emerging. We could understand some transmission of disease. You know, you and I have heard some things. We've heard that this pandemic is disproportionately affecting the African-American population yeah. based on, you know, based on the infection rate and based on the hospitalizations and based on some of the deaths. But why is that? Is that because uh, some people have said it's because they're in groups. Some people have said it's access to health care. But, but what is it really? And, and right. today, I can't sit here and tell you that I know the truth behind that. I don't. Will we find out that there are some genes that make people more susceptible? Let me give you one little example that we found in a roundabout way many years ago. You may know, you've heard about malaria, and you know it's spread by mosquitoes. And so there's actually some... Uh, protective benefits in sickle cell disease that is seen in more African-American populations. Mm -hmm. The red blood cells are shaped like a little sickle or like a little half moon. Those cells actually protect those people from malaria. So it's a benefit, but obviously malaria is still not a good thing to have. Right. But in that, in that circumstance, that's a beneficial issue to have. So with the knowledge we would gather with this all of us, we could understand what's happening with the pandemic, with the coronavirus, who is it affecting, and why is it affecting them. We don't know that today, and we're right. going to be looking back on this information, I'm sure, for years to come.
Why hasn't this program been started? Or, or ha was there a was there a different type of program before, and this is just a another part of that, or is is this the first time we've ever doing this? So, in a way, yes, this is the first time to do something of this scale with this kind of all-out push to truly get representation from a more diverse population. We're not settling for status quo. Uh, we really, really, really need everybody to be represented if we're going to have usable data that can then be applied across our nation. So uh, earlier you said that this information was not getting to insurance companies, uh, like premiums wouldn't be going up and things like that. But uh, does it seem like uh, people would be more standoffish having Blue Cross Blue Shield a part of it? Um, let me think about that a second. You know, our mission at Blue Cross of Louisiana is to improve the health and lives of Louisianians. And I want you to notice what that mission statement's missing. It's missing any sort of defining terms. It's mm -hmm. broadly Louisianians. And we see our role in promoting this All of Us campaign as helping to meet that mission of all Louisianians. You know, they're my neighbors. Right. I may not have, they may not be Blue Cross, but they're still my neighbors. So it matters to me that they be well and that they be represented in a study like this where this information can be used for everyone. So I would hope that someone doesn't let the fact that we're promoting it uh, hold them back from participating. And yeah. you know, you mentioned that early in this conversation a little bit about what would be the benefits of participating. This is a chance to sort of change history and to know that your life itself and what was unique about your life matters and made a difference to science. In, you know, years from now, when you read about some treatment that's very specific to a certain population or a certain person, you'll look back and go, wow, that sounds like me. And gosh, yeah. I was a part of that. So that's fun too. And to think that you truly can make a difference as one person. How will you disseminate this information once you gather in it? So, so a couple of ways. The scientists will gather all of this information and mostly it's going to be perhaps a urine test and a blood test, but a lot of questionnaires, a lot of answering okay. questions about your lifestyle. And that information goes into a big data, a data bank. And, and it is, it's without your name. It, it, there's nothing about your name in there. It might just say, you know, there was this woman and she was this age and she was this um, um, ethnicity and this race, but it would not say my name, wouldn't have my social security number, wouldn't have any identifiers to me. Right. And so it goes in this big computer warehouse and they analyze the data and start to look for the patterns. And with those patterns, they work with other scientists and then healthcare professionals and begin to say, well, gosh, I know that this particular blood pressure pill works better in African-Americans. And now I see that it's actually gonna work better in African-American men right. based on this information. Because they'll look at it and go, golly, look, every man that took this drug ended up with better high blood pressure and no heart attacks in this 10 year period than the ones who were taking something else. Right. What has participation been 
I don't have insight into that. I don't know yet because, you know, we've been doing programs like this where we're trying to talk to people. We're trying to get the message out in both the written form uh, for interviews. I know that, um, that at least nationwide, there have been about 135,000 people participate so far. So a little over a tenth of where we want to be, but okay. we're aiming for a million nationwide. Is there a um, a um, date that you're shooting for, for that million? Uh, I don't know the end date of this. Uh, it, I know they're going to follow them for 10 years. Okay. Uh, but I think the earlier they can get that million in, the better. So, but I don't know when they would stop recruiting. If, if at all, maybe, maybe they'll continue to recruit. Do you know the participation for the African-American community? At this time, I don't know it, but I know that historically it has not been very high. Yeah. Uh, across our nation, the African-Americans represent roughly 13% of the population. Although, you know, of course in the, in our state, I think we're better. We're more like closer to 50, 50. Yeah. And so hopefully in a state like this where we're better represented that we can have a better uh, participation and i know Lindsay's telling us about 35 percent Lindsay is on her job ain't she she, she is, is. Just, she's all ahead, with these statistics. <laughs> she's helping me out <laughs> she's doing a good job um so she said about 35 percent uh historically uh unrepresented populations and I guess that's concerning because that means you're not you're not getting the information for the people that need this the most it, it is concerning and and you know it's rightfully so I know there's a distrust based on the way the African-American population and other populations have been treated in the past in research yeah. studies absolutely there's a distrust there but I think that that everyone's making a best faith effort and back to your faith. I think we're all making yeah. a best faith effort to go forward and not repeat those same mistakes, but to acknowledge that they happened and to vow to do better and to accept that we need all peoples represented. Yeah. And so this is again, part of Blue Cross's effort to meet those needs and to get that word out across Louisiana. So is this something that I can go to my provider and do and do the blood test and the urine test? Or is this, I have to go somewhere else differently? No, I, um, you need to sign up online. And that web address is joinallofus.org. So, and I think Lindsay can show it. Yeah, joinallofus.org slash LA. And so you could fill out an application and then might, you might be directed to somewhere to give samples of blood or urine if that's needed. Uh, and so with the population that we're trying to, to connect with, um, transportation could be an issue. Is there a way to help them get to the, get to the places to take the blood and do the urine? Um, or is this, can they do just the, the survey and not the blood and urine? So Lindsay, help us out here on that. I want to phone a friend. Um, <laughs> Lindsay may be able to help us out on that one. Mm -hmm. I do not know the answer to all of it. Um, yeah, because definitely we want to get to the to the people that are in these communities where there are food deserts and, and transportation and public transportation, especially in the Baton Rouge area, is not that great. Um, to get them to the place, uh, the, the, the data collection place. Now we also got COVID-19, you know, 
people taking tests for that as well, and and all these different things that are going on in our communities, and uh, how we break that that fear. How do we break that um, uh, to get them to the places they need to be? Yeah, how do we overcome that barrier? So Lindsay says that you can participate to the extent that you're able, whether that's just online completing a survey or whether that's getting to um, a testing site. And she said prior to COVID that I think there were some um, uh, mobile units. And then she said they're working on a saliva kit that could be mailed to your home, but we don't have a date on that. So just okay. know that we're definitely working to solve these barriers. That's a really good, I think the, um, the mobile collection will probably be best yeah. for a lot of us. Um, man, Doc, this is an awesome program. Um, I guess I am concerned that we're not gonna get enough people involved. So I've, in the, in the what, 25 minutes that I've known you, I feel like you can get enough people involved. <laughs> I feel like you can spread the message and you can um, help educate and, and reassure people that this is not going to be used against you. This is right. only to help us all with this information. And I think we just keep saying the same positive things in a positive way in through every opportunity, through this, through other conversations. And, and I've met some wonderful people in these conversations, and I think that's even, an, even if I'm talking about something else, it might right. be a time to say, hey, have you heard about the All of Us you know, campaign? So I just think this is a wonderful opportunity and I really appreciate your willingness to get the word out. Thank you, Doc. And, yeah, oh, you're amazing. But to help and, and to recognize that this uh, is as important as it is, I have not been this excited about something uh, research oriented in a really long time, but I see how this could transform healthcare. This could transform us and lift us up from where we right. are, especially as a state in terms of our, um, our overall health. It could lift us up in obesity. What if we right. find out something exciting that it really isn't the donuts we were eating? What, I mean, what if we find out that- Oh, that Doc, please let it not be the donuts. But see what I mean? What if it's not? Wouldn't you rather know that? I would Wouldn't know that. Like I would that? like to know that. Yeah. <laughs> my wife, I can hear my wife now like, oh, get stop him, stop him. <laughs> Good things could come out of this. Yes. So, so, um, has the information that we've gathered so far, are we able to use that? Is anyone looking at those things now? Or are we just waiting until we get the one million? So we're wait, I don't know that we'll wait till the whole million comes in. Um, the research portal is open. So they're gathering that information. Okay. There's always scientists kind of looking to see, um, look for what I call red flags or look for something that's so obvious. But with just a tenth of our goal being met, you don't really have what's called a statistically significant population yet. Okay. So you might not have enough of any one thing to say that's, you know, that that's significant. Even if it's enough, let's say enough 35 year old, old, you know, Asian women, you might not have enough to generalize what you're finding. Right. Unless it was a hundred percent. If it was overwhelming, right. uh, they could walk away and publicize that, but not until it's a statistically significant number. Okay, all right. Well, I definitely will, will do my best to get the information out to as many people as I can. Um, 
especially uh, during the churches and things like that, because what you're looking for is to, to have as many people in a place while you're putting the information out. So are you guys reaching out to churches? Are you reaching out to uh, community groups? We absolutely are. We're doing it that way. We're doing verbal like this. When, when we can talk about the message, we're doing interviews. We've done some uh, with uh, radio and TV uh, okay. networks. We're doing, like I said, the written word, publishing, putting in our newsletters. We are doing everything we can to consistently message this to reach as many people as possible. Because when you think about it, if we want all demographics represented, then mm -hmm. we've got to go for what they're using. They're not all, you know, not all the 60 year olds are on Facebook. So right. what can I do to reach them? So we're trying. Do you have do you have like um, up cards or anything like that that you're sending out? Like if I have some a place at the church that people can just grab a card, they have the information on there, they can read up it on online at home. Let's see what Lindsay says. My magic my magic eight ball. Come on, Lindsay. We're anticipation. We're waiting. Tyra's gonna get that for you. Okay, Tyra, get that for me. Great, great, great. Um, if you guys are, list that are listening on social media, if you have any questions, go ahead and type them in the, uh, the box and we'll uh, ask her while we're here. Um, same thing for the rest of you guys that are on the Zoom meeting. Please, please, please participate because I want to make sure that we get enough, get the information out that people don't feel uh, fearful uh, about their information, fearful about uh, it being getting back to their insurance companies and things like that. And I know that's been a hindrance for a lot of people. And that's why I haven't done it for the VA yet. So <laughs> you can, and listen, your military background, I mean, just like my dad's, I think the VA really wants to know some things because, you know, if you, anytime you serve in a military environment, I think they worry about exposures to things. And yeah. um, I think that's some very valuable information, but, but back to the, all of us, you know, there's another a study that came out now it's been several years but it was really landmark that they found a particular combination of blood pressure drugs that seemed to work better in african-american people than other drugs that were used across the board and by that i mean we kind of have an algorithm if you have somebody new that comes to you with high blood pressure and that's all that's wrong there's a little algorithm that says you start them usually on this kind of drug. Mm -hmm. But we accidentally discovered, and it was through looking back on research, not looking forward like they want to do with this, but looking back and finding out that a certain group of people did better on this combination of drugs. And so right. all there's this landmark study oh my gosh if you have an african-american patient with high blood pressure and they don't have diabetes or other reasons you would choose a different drug this is the magic combination that should work right. and and so it's unfortunate that those things we just stumble over and so a, a research study like this is designed to start finding some of those connections and find it quickly in time to start doing something different with that information right. possibly even improve your life in your lifetime now are, are, are doctors going to be able to 
Are they going to have to log into a program? They're going to have to uh, pay a certain amount of money to get this information. Like, how is this information getting to them? My impression is the information gathered here will be disseminated. So, so as the scientists that are running this research project begin to sort the data and see how it falls out, they will disseminate this in the form of scientific papers. Okay. And it will be openly available. Okay, yes. good, good, good. What about uh, those in the community that have HIV? How would this help those in the HIV and AIDS community? Oh, I think it would be fabulous knowledge. And we definitely want folks that are represented uh, in those, those um, disease states as well. Because looking back at looking at this data, you could begin to see, well, gosh, these people lived in this population or, or what happened here. So we definitely want um, AIDS patients, uh, people that just carry the virus and don't right. have alcohol. AIDS, we definitely want all of them to participate. And again, it's anonymous. Their names are protected. Their identities are protected. It's their life circumstances that we want. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Doc, I, got, I'm, I think I've asked you every question I can. Let me see. Uh... So, so um, she's just reminding me that we do have the Stronger Than Population Health Program, and that's really an exciting program where, uh, you may not realize this, but we have over 200 nurses that work at Blue Cross. Oh, wow. And, oh, yeah, 200 nurses and probably 10 or 12 physicians, and they do various roles. We're even run by a physician, Dr. Uverhai. So, so more than any other time in our history, we are more focused on looking at this from a medical viewpoint, from what makes lives better. How do we better serve our population? How do we keep people more well? How do we make their lives a life worth living? So our uh, nurses on the population health side have stronger than, and that means they're stronger than your diabetes. You're stronger than your right. cancer stronger than your other circumstances. And together we can solve all of these issues. Uh, and then you also had asked how we're disseminating this. And I mentioned a lot of the ways. We are also on Facebook and we have uh, more information on there as well. And I know she wants you to mention the, um, the joinallofus.org, joinallofus slash la.org as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, this is great information. Thank you so much for, for letting talking to us and, and getting this information out. Now, is this a is this a federal program or is this a, a state? Um, Lindsay, I believe it's federal. I believe it the funding the funding is is agnostic if if so it's not um, specific to it's not specific to us, but it's run by the National Institute of Health, which is okay. what I mean. That's a federal. It's it's a national entity that can um, they can put money in research projects anywhere in the nation. Okay. That's what I was trying to say. Awesome. If you had uh, if you had a minute to just tell somebody, talk to somebody into using this program, what would you say to them? I would say use your life to make a difference in the lives of others. That was really good. <laughs> that was really good. That was, that was, that was, was that right off the dome? <laughs> right off of there. <laughs> no, actually it came about because the more you talked and I just so appreciate your enthusiasm, this is really, it resonates with me. Just and the thought that I can use my life, my circumstances, 
my anything to benefit future populations and even improve living in my own lifetime. Yeah. I think it's phenomenal. That's just, that's part of being something that will never end. That's perpetuity. That's awesome. Is there, um, the doctors and the nurses that are part of Blue Cross Blue Shield, have they participated in this as well? Are you asking so, the medical actually, community? It's not just me. Absolutely. We've had others across the organization participate. That's awesome. That makes me feel good as well. <laughs> yep, if you guys I'm, are doing it, I'm going to do it too. I'm absolutely willing. Yep. Awesome. Thank you so much again for everything and uh, coming on the show. This uh, will be in the podcast tonight. And I, I'm just really excited about it. And I really hope that people get involved. I do too. And you've been wonderful. Anything we can do to help share messaging. And as I said, to improve the health and lives of Louisianians, we're happy to do. Yes, ma'am. Thank you again. Thank you. Oh, guys, that's all I got for you guys today. Uh, this show will be on uh, social, will be on our Facebook. Facebook page uh, for you to replay the video and it also be the audio will be uploaded to our our podcast as well so thank you guys for tuning in thank you doc thank you Tyra and everybody and, and thank you Lindsay you was on it today <laughs> you guys have an amazing amazing day god bless